here's what I want you to look at first. Uh, just, just out of hand, as you look at what is bolded, creation, fine-tuning, the regularity of nature, beauty and meaning, and on the back, morality, um, or maybe we're just hardwired, which one for you, just, just out of hand, just initial answer, without reading through all this stuff, which of these clues to God is most convincing to you? Most convincing. This is not an exhaustive list, but a summary in some sorts. Which is most convincing to you? Creation. Creation. Jim, why is that? Wasn't always here. So how did they get here? Yeah, okay, good. Okay. What else? Anybody else? You don't have to choose a different one. You can you can say Jim stole my answer and here's why I think he's right. What beauty and meaning. Beauty and meaning. Why? Tell me why. Well, I mean, granted given what we do on the farm, I mean, we yep. see the changes of the season and okay. how even in the ugliest of times, how God will still show you something beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I mean if if it's just a new calf being born. Or even if it's a calf dying in your arms, there's still okay. meaning in that, and you know. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you just you just see it. Yeah. All right. Nature. Good. Okay. Well, somebody else. What what's a what's the one that, that just off the top of your head is most? Now I'll say this: you may change by the end of the night. That's okay. But which one right now do you think is most convincing to you? Morality. Morality. We got a couple moralities. Let me start up front. We'll work our way back. Okay. Why morality? Sometimes you you just feel it. Okay. Why? I don't know, but you just know. So where did that come from kind of thing? Okay. All right. Morality. Was that, Carol, was that you? Okay. Um, I think that um, in the, the day and age that we live in, that some people question their own morals all the time. Okay. But I, I believe throughout the Bible, it just treats, teaches love and kindness. Okay. And I think if you look at the Bible, it, it makes you think about your morals. Okay. Okay. All right. What else? Anybody else? Well, because when we become Christians to Christ, when we receive the Holy Spirit, you've got it in, you've got the righteousness in you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to use it. Of course. And that means it's like, you know it's there. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. That's just wrong. Yeah. These these are not uh, to be used to the exclusion of the rest. So you, you may have one that's most convincing to you, and that, that's okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're discounting the rest of them, okay? It just means this one, you know, when I think about that. Which for the people uh, around you and so on is the least convincing, do you think? Least convincing clue that, that God or a God is there. Right. Seven days, or was right. It literal seven days, right. Not, I think it's hard. Just you know, I think it's hard for people to say, okay, you know, all this was created in mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. literal days. Just okay. like it's hard for people to get the virgin birth and right. the resurrection. I mean, some of this is a little bit fantasy esque. Well, it, it certainly to a secular skeptical mind, it's like what, really. And yeah, so yeah, in some ways maybe, and and of course you're around a lot of folks, you know, uh, 
working in engineering and that kind of stuff, whose minds work in a particular way. And I was going to let you say that. And so, so, you know, they work in a particular way and, and, and yeah, I think it depends on who you're around. But what else, who else would, would say, you know, this, for the people that I'm around, this seems to be the least convincing argument. Morality. Morality. Why? You say it's for you. It's most convincing for others. Maybe not. Why? Okay. And of course, the flip side to their belief in whatever they believe in, it certainly then is okay if they're hateful back, but not for you, because you know, obviously, yeah. So you know, it's just kind of a cycle that we that we have, right? Yeah. All right, let's work through some of these um, again. I'm going to pause after each one, and I'd love for you to give me a scenario. Here's here's kind of how I would think I might talk to somebody, or here's something that's come up. Here, here's a conversation I had recently, and boy, you know, I was able to use this kind of knowledge, or man, I wish I had thought of that. You know, this would have been a wonderful thing to talk about. And again, the point is not to win an argument. The point is not to thump people in the head. The point is to lovingly present the gospel of Jesus Christ so that the Holy Spirit can convict them and they can receive uh, the grace of God that, that certainly leads to saving faith in Christ. And so that's what, that's what we're going for, okay? All right, so here's, here is, a, a, and I, by the way, I took these from Tim Keller's book called The Reason for God. He sums it up as well as, I, as I've seen. Uh, it's, it, again, not exhaustive. He's not the only guy who's written on this stuff, but he's a pastor, and he puts it in terms that I think are really understandable, and he summarizes it well. Creation. Even the most secular and skeptical scientists will argue that the universe began to exist at some point. As Jim said, at one point there, there wasn't anything there, and then all of a sudden, okay, we've got stuff, like the way we see it. So there, there's, there's, okay, even that person would say, well, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, at some point the universe began to exist. Uh, proponents of a godless Big Bang would admit that, and here's a quote, before that there was nothing. I can't imagine how nature, in this case the universe, could have created itself. And this is, of course, an apologist talking. And the very fact that the universe had a beginning implies that someone was able to begin it. And it seems to me that had to be outside of nature. Pause there. How do you use this kind of information in normal conversation? How do you use that sort of idea to talk with people about the God of the Bible? I think if we have a creation, there has to be a creator. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't turn themselves into a watch or a clock. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to take those pieces and put them together. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the creator. Okay. Good. What else? How else would you use it? Good. Let me double down on that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, and I had a seminary professor that, that kind of drew out what Ben was talking about, too. And he said, you know, he said, look, you know, people want to argue, was it seven literal days? Was it seven ages or eras? Or did he create the world with the appearance of age? Okay, he said, look, he said, we can debate all that stuff all day long. And, of course, the scripture simply presents it as here's what God did. And, he, and what he did was he, you know, he, he simply circles, you know, Genesis 1 and 2, and he just says, God did it. And that is, that is the point, really the ultimate point of Genesis 1 and 2. Now, again, does it matter the other stuff? Yeah, it matters. But the ultimate point that matters is that God did it. He knows no time. Well, absolutely, yeah. And, of course, God is outside of time and so on. And, he, and you know, again, Genesis 1 and 2 and, and the, whole, you know, the whole Bible is not a science. We talked about this last week, not a science textbook. So we can't go there to, to expect to find science like you'd read in a, you know, in a, in a manual of some kind. Um, what else? What, what, what else about creating? You mentioned uh, about uh, the birthing of a calf. Um, you know, life itself. Where, do, where, does, where does, call it the life spark. Call it whatever you want to. Um, the all spark, I think it was in Transformers, right? Has anybody seen Transformers? Y'all don't watch movies. Was that it? All spark. Thank you. Um, it's uh, what in uh, in the uh, the Avengers. It's uh, the, the the staff that Loki's got. What's he? What's it called? What's the thing? Um, it's one of the Infinity Stones or something, right? Anyway, so come on. Sorry, no, I called. Hey, you called yourself a nerd. Anyway, anyway, where where does where does life itself come from? And and not only that, but what's the point? In, in like, not just like, what's the point in life? What is the point in life itself? Like anything having life. I think that's a, that's a, okay, so we came from nothing. We simply were an accident of nature of some kind. But why in the world would nature ever lead to what we have? It doesn't make any sense. There's no point in, in our existence. It's just, again, it's just an accident. So if there's an accident, we go to other arguments at that point, but... You know, where does, where does life actually happen? There is no explanation. So, and, and many of you are farmers. I doubt that you have, ever, you have ever watched, except maybe on time-lapse video, the germination of a seed. Nor could you explain exactly how it happens. I, I'm, I'm guessing here. Can't exactly explain, like, what happens. You just know you put the stuff in the ground, you get enough rain and so on, and you do the right stuff and feed it and whatever, and eventually, phew, here you go. Now, farming is not haphazard, but that process is inexplicable. So those are some things there. Okay, hey, you know, I'm talking to somebody, you know, what I, you know, I just, you know, I, I, just without God, I don't know how to explain those things. I don't, I don't, you know, what would be the explanation? Well, you know, scientifically it says, yeah, but I get it, but how does it happen? Well, you got the forces and the cells and different, okay, yes, but, but where did that come from? And how, you know, that, that sort of thing. It's not an argumentative kind of thing. It's just more an inquisitive, okay, well, explain to me this. And how would you explain these things without God and so on? Yes, sir, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And we're going to get to that in just a second, which is what you're referring to as the third one, actually, the regularity of nature. That's a great point. Why, why is it that gravity today is 32 point, what is it, 32 meters per second squared or something like that is the force of gravity? Ben, you know this stuff, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yes, thank, thank you, thank you, feet per second, per second. 
And, you know, why, why is it constant, and why will we just have it constant tomorrow? Science can't explain that. Can't explain it. It can tell you that it's there, and it can tell you the force of it, but it can't explain to you why exactly it's going to be there tomorrow. They just trust it will. Anyway, somebody was going to say something over here as well, I think. Okay. All right, the next one is fine-tuning. This is, I, this is one of my favorites. I'll just be honest with you. This is, this is one of my favorites. And here's what Tim Keller says about it. Everything we know in this world is contingent, which means it has a cause outside itself. Therefore, the universe, which is just a huge pile of such contingent entities, would itself have to be dependent on some cause outside itself. So if we're looking for a clue to God, this is it. Everything depends on something else for its existence, save one. Save God himself. The Bible doesn't tell us how God exists, just that he exists and is self-existent. It just is. We talked about this not long ago in a sermon when, no, I guess it was on Wednesday night, when Moses asked God, who should I say is sending me? What does he say? I am. Okay. What does that mean? I am. I'm just me. I'm just God. I just am. There's no explanation. There's no, hey, well, you know, tell them that way back when, you know, I sort of won the battle, you know, over Thor or something. And, and you know, it took over and the Rainbow Bridge and whatever. And, I mean, you know, and scepters. and uh, No, it was just I am. It was just it. Was just it. For organic, now this is, uh, uh, Christy, I believe, you were just referring to this to some degree. Here, listen to this. For organic life to exist, the fundamental regularities and constants of physics, that is the speed of light, the gravitational constant, the strength uh, of the weak and strong nuclear forces, must all have values that together fall into an extremely narrow range. The probability of this perfect calibration happening by chance is so tiny as to be statistically negligible. If any of those parts was off by even one part in a million, or in some cases, one part in a million million, the universe could not have actually come to the point where we see it. Matter would have not been able to coalesce. There would have been no galaxies, stars, planets, or people. Does that make sense? Somebody explain that to me in your own words. How about we'll just go school on you? What does that mean? What's that? If the Legos weren't shaped right, they wouldn't fit together. All right, good, good. Somebody else was saying, was saying something as well. Brandon? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, this, you know. Yeah, this is not, not a coincidence, not an accident. God of order, absolutely. Point, I mean, the universe is full of order. You know, we, you know People like to talk about how chaotic and whatever. Oh, okay. I, I've been sitting here the whole time, right? I've not flown off into space somewhere, you know. <laughs> you know, some of you may be wishing, you know, that I would, giving you this stuff. But, you know, it, it's saying that nothing could have happened the way that we see it without it all being there as it is at the same time. You, you understand? I mean, it, it, there... The, 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 it is the probability of that perfect calibration is so chi- so tiny as to be statistically negligible. It, it is unfathomable that that things could have just sort of slowly meandered, and the box keeps getting shaken up, and so on. That that things would come together in such a way that we see them as they are now. Is it statistically possible that 
the universe could have been there and never coalesced like it. Oh, I suppose so, but we would have never known it because we wouldn't be here. That's what he's saying. It's impossible. Yes, ma'am. What comes to my mind is then why do so many scientists mm-hmm. in that field adamantly oppose creation? They have to. <laughs> That's a party line. It, it, it cannot yeah. 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 Well, and and I think that's a that's a very fair question. I think you know when when Keller talks about this in his in his book, he 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 makes that same point as I don't understand statistically how someone could argue so vehemently and so convincingly on their part the opposite side. It is it is you know and granted there are very smart people much smarter than I will ever be and could ever imagine being who will argue on the other side of it but it but simply at face value at least to me it appears there is no statistical chance that the universe as we see it could have come together any other way but all at once exactly yes Yes. And, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Their confirmation bias, and 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 certainly a, a leap of faith, and and often, as you said, Jim, a blind leap of faith. Um, here, here's the next one. Here, it's technically possible that we just happen to be in the one universe in which organic life occurred. Though you could not prove that the fine tuning of the universe was due to some sort of design, it would be unreasonable to draw the conclusion that it wasn't. And don't miss that. Here's here's what what people that debate this will do. They will say, well, you can't 100% say that the fine-tuning of the universe is provable, 100% provable. You've got proof. No? Well, therefore, it's not true. What? Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah. In, in so many ways, I think you're right, Raymond. I mean, it is, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, uh, because we have, a, we have a party line, if you will, as well, as Christians. I mean, so, but it is the party line in the secular world. And in, in order to not be ostracized, and in some cases, as Raymond mentioned, in order to not lose a, a position, in some cases it is get on board or get out. And I don't, I, that's unfair. I think that is, it is academically unfair uh, to, to, to people in, in, in institutions where they claim that we are open-minded and whatever, and yet if you don't toe this line, you will be ostracized and looked at like you've got four heads. I mean, that's just, you know, it, it, is, it is unfair. And it's also unfair, you know, for us as Christians to ostracize someone else who would say, I disagree. It's, that's, you know, to reject those people is, is up to God. Uh, for us to say, we're, you know, we're going to continue to love you and engage you in conversation, that's our role. It's just why, you know, how can we talk about these things? Junior, I think you had something. Yes, sir. Well, it wasn't true. They have found other planets like Earth. Mm-hmm. Same space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't found it. Haven't found it, have they? Yeah. 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 That's right. That's part of their job. And, yes. And they found buildings there and everything. Mm-hmm. These people work it. Right, of course. Right. But 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why would there not be? Yeah, okay. Bill? And the, I think, you know, ultimately it comes down to the, there is order, and that points to something beyond disorder. Um, typically, typically, um, things that mutate do not create more order. They create more disorder. Um, that, that's why we have cancers. It's a mutation away from what should be normal. Mutations typically do not improve us. Nor do they lead to life as we know it. Yes. I almost see these, this bullet and the, the previous one, they're almost tied together. Yes, they are. That order exists, but there's a mind that was created capable of grasping that mm-hmm. order and appreciating it. Yeah. And, and that, that is a, that's an excellent point because animals cannot grasp this. Humans alone have the capability of understanding that there could be this, that there is fine-tuning. What are animals doing? What are deer doing this time of year? You're getting run over by cars. I mean, let's be honest. You know, they're stupid. You know? I mean, they're walking the same path with the same pile of corn there that was there yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Boom! You know, I mean, that's, that's what deer are doing. You know, they're just, you know, they have not. And Randall, you make such a great point. They're... You know, not only is there is there order, but there is a mind that can understand that there is order. And, and that even includes the scientists who may be in it. Absolutely. That mind still can grasp yes. the order yes. and appreciate yes. even the beauty within that order. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good word. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. We're talking about talking to other people. So mm-hmm. How do you explain this as an order yeah. to someone who is dealing with cancer, mm-hmm. someone who has lost their child? Yes. How do you then mm-hmm. speak the I don't think you talk about any of this stuff. My initial response. Not in these cold terms, at least. Um, and somebody else may have a better answer. And just initially, just as I'm, I'm kind of part of the crowd here answering your question, I, I think we, we go beyond that. I think we point to somebody had talked about experience, that we've experienced the Lord, and I think, I think that's where we begin. I mean, the book of Job, uh, his friends, as we'll get into it on Sunday mornings, his friends all come with an answer. They know exactly why he's dealing with all this. And their thought is that, well, you've done something wrong. Seriously, man, confess your sin. Let's get it over with so God will relent. You know, could be worse. I mean, you know, if you keep it up, there's nothing. You know, in some cases, there are no answers. Somebody else should comment on that. That's a great, great question. Mm hmm. Everything. Yep. You know, in some ways, and and this is not particularly helpful 
to someone who's experiencing what we might call a perceived innocent sort of suffering. It means they didn't, you know, they didn't get behind the wheel of a vehicle that they shouldn't have gotten behind. They did not commit a crime and therefore paying for their, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, in a lot of ways, um, things are not as bad as they could be or should be based upon our own depravity and what we actually deserve. Um, we deserve complete annihilation, period, no more to exist. Um, and yet, God has given us the opportunity to experience him through the grace of Jesus Christ. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, that, the, a friend of mine had a, when I, the, very first, the very first funeral I ever preached, I went to my buddy and I said, look, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I have no idea what to say at this funeral, you know. And he gave me a little outline, and his outline basically kind of went along what Chris was talking about. And and this this not necessarily Angie to be specifically applied to what you're what you're discussing, but um, you know he just said you know number one death is certain, it is certain one out of one. The odds are in favor of none of us making that out alive. You know what I mean? Um, secondly, sin is the cause, not specific sin. You did this so you die, but sin just just the fallen nature of the world, and Christ is a cure ultimately, either on this side or the other side of heaven, um, you know, and, and I think anybody who, who, as we might perceive it, unfairly dies of a disease that they did not bring on themselves uh, speaks to the fact that we still live in a fallen world and that's, that God will make it right, but it might not all be here. And that's hard. That is, that is the, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's where the rubber meets the road on this stuff. Because that's more likely the conversation you'll have than someone wanting to talk about the regularity of nature. You know? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those voices, those voices speak very loudly to us, and we've got to combat that, not just with positive thoughts from Oprah, you know, but, but I, and honestly, but with the truth of God's word, and that's where it comes down to. And that, in, you know, is what Angie is describing. I mean, that's where, I think that's where we take people to God's word. We take them to his character, you know, in, in, as it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's how you that's how you combat it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, with with where he where he wants you to be. Yeah. Right. Mhm. Well, and combat it with truth. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Everything has a purpose. Mhm. Good and evil. 
Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You know, I'll just give an example of my life. You know, I was 19, I lost my mom with cancer. That was a mama's boy. And I was an old friend of God. Yeah. But I also look back at that and see that at that that uh, purpose yep. led me to Christ. Yeah. Sometimes you don't see it no. when you're in the circumstance. No, not absolutely. And reflect later on. Yep. And I see part yep. of the plan. Well, and I think what, what Angie brings up, and I think, Chris, you mentioned this earlier as well, you know, the, the thing that people are asking about is, is okay, I, I'll give you that God exists, but is he good? Well, that's what they want to know. And sometimes it's hard to explain he's good in the midst of bad circumstances. It is very difficult. And, as, and I think it's by no accident that we're looking at the book of Job on Sunday mornings while we discuss this on Wednesday nights because Job never got his answer. Why did this happen to me? God never told him. Didn't feel like he had to tell him. Oh, but that's the God of the Bible who answers to no man and yet is still loving and caring and gracious throughout Scripture. It's, it is very difficult, and that's, I think, where wisdom and where constant, Bible, you know, the Bible says to pray continually, and I, you know, I think as we do pray continually, these things will, will be, you know, we, we soak in the wisdom of, of God uh, through prayer and through study of Scripture and so on, and then we can be ready. I'm not sure that you, that you can necessarily prepare for that, other than to be with Jesus. Yes? Well, and again, I think, you know, in so many ways, it is, it is our only legitimate question, why is this happening? But in so many ways, it's the complete wrong question. It's the wrong question. Why is this happening? No, no, no. To what end is this happening? To what end? For, 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 for what in my life does, does God need to use this? Now, I'm saying that in cold terms. Because it's not that easy when you're going through that. But ultimately, that's, I think that's the lesson that Job gets, is that it was to the end that God would prove to him that God is enough. Period. And Job would be able to say at the end of that, I trust God. Period. Which is how we started, by the way, in our series on Job. And, and just so you know, that's, that's what we'll end with. The very last sermon will mirror the first. I trust God was the first sermon, and the 15th, I think it is, will be also I trust God. How do you, what do you want on your tombstone? I'm giving it all away, but by November 19th, you won't remember any of this stuff, right? Just play along that day, okay? I trust God. All right, let's. Most people just quit before they go full circle. No question. No question. Most people would, most people want faith in a God who does exactly what they want him to do, when they want him to do it all the time. And then God is good. 
And I will say, if I am not God, and I say this with a tremendous amount of trepidation, if I'm not God, who am I to determine what is good and what is not? According to God. Does it make sense? Now, I can say suffering in and of itself is not good. Not good. No. I, you know, God never calls suffering in and of itself good. But God can use it for his good. And as we talked about this past Sunday morning, God's wonderful plan for our lives is wonderful from whose perspective? From his perspective. And man, that's hard. I mean, I wish I could sit before you and say, well, I got, you know, I'm good with all that. I ain't good with all that. Whew, you kidding me? I don't like half the stuff that's in God's wonderful plan. Bill, you, did, you talked about it, but, but I would venture to say, Bill, you don't like half the stuff that's in God's wonderful plan, even though you believe it's all in his plan. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's painful. Yeah, so Nancy, yes. Did you have your hand up or somebody? Oh, I'm sorry. All right, let's look at the next one. We're going to kind of, we may not get through with all these. That's fine. The regularity of nature. There's something about nature that is much more striking and inexplicable than its design. All scientific inductive reasoning is based on the assumption of the regularity or the laws of nature, that water will boil tomorrow under the identical conditions of the day. Science cannot prove the continued regularity of nature. It can only take it on faith. I'm not a scientist. I I do not possess a PhD in physics or anything like that. But all they can say is, here's what is. I can't tell you why it's going to be there tomorrow. Why will I not in the next millisecond fly off my seat? Because gravity is still pulling at me at 32 feet per second per second, right? That's what it is. I mean, that's, that's what's happening. There is a regularity to it. Jimmy, you mentioned this earlier. There's a regularity to what we have. The laws of nature, the laws of physics are constant. Objects in what? In motion tend to stay in motion unless acted upon by some outside force, right? I mean, that's just, that's the way it is. Why? I don't know. <laughs> just is. How'd that get there? You know, how fun would life be if those things weren't there? Think about it. Man, it'd be terrible. Yes, we'd never be here. We would not even exist. So you can see, we're going to stop here. You can see how all these kind of go together, the, these, these arguments, if you will. Um, anything, and, I, and again, I'm, just, I'm going to give you a few minutes just to kind of decompress after all that stuff. Um, Job on Sunday mornings, this stuff on Wednesdays, I'm going to tell you, my brain is going to like explode at some point. So if yours feels the same way, we'll just explode together. How about that, okay? Okay. Um, 